You're listening to the Row Dental Podcast. Today's topic, changing the whole industry with Smile Lock. This is part two of a three-part series. For more information on the topics covered in this podcast, please visit our website at www.rodentallab.com. To speak with an expert, you can email us at info at rodentallab.com or give us a call at 800-228-6663. Stay informed on the latest dental news by subscribing to the Row Dental Podcast feed on Spotify, Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. I kind of focused first there on the more obvious things maybe that come to mind, it's prosthetic. And then this is probably the most obvious, right? Um, who's dropped small screws? Uh, they're easily misplaced. Um, you know, I, I, I've had them accidentally go, you know, double screws. Um, I just, if I could take these small screws and never use them again, that would be, I think we'd all kind of go, yeah, that's kind of a nice idea to not have to mess with that. They're a little bit of a hazard. Uh, so there's your double screw. I don't know if I've had this happen, but I, you know, I, I'm sure it could. You have an assistant or yourself that just accidentally drops it or it catches something and flips upside down. You got these double screws and it's not a big deal if it's outside of the mouth. It's kind of a big deal if it's, if it's inside the mouth, a little harder to address, right? flipping your patient upside down. So here's uh, an angulation kind of concern, right? We, we use these multi-unit bones, we use straights, and we use angled, um, but these the angulation, we usually are worried about bone, right? That's why we're using an angled abutment to get the most bone we can, the most a- anterior posterior spread we can. Uh, we're also doing it largely because of lingual access, right? For these screws. And so we can have a screwable, uh, you know, restoration, not something that has to be cemented. And so now that we're getting away from need for screws, we can really start thinking differently. But here's kind of the old way of planning, right? This is how we plan cases. I planned this probably two months ago. So this is, a, you know, I want the screw axes on our screw axes on our multi-unit abutments to come on the lingual side of these uh, this prosthetic. So that way um, I can easily unscrew and screw it in. We don't have to mess with uh, the incisal edges or the facial of these prosthetics being damaged or having holes in them. Uh, so this is the new way to plan. So you'll notice that we've uh, put the MUAs right down the central uh, portion of these prosthetics to give the most uh, strength and bulk to our prosthetic and also allowing us to make a thinner prosthetic, right? One of the reasons they're a little more bulky is because we have to surround our copings. Uh, and if we're placing these right down the middle, like you see in that example, and then these here, these MUA trajectories, you can see those yellow trajectories going right down the incisal edge, which would be a no-no if you're doing a screw rest- uh, restoration. Now is totally possible we're not dealing with screws. Angulation's a big deal, right? I mean, that really, for me, that changes a lot of things. Uh, you're gonna be able to think about planning these cases so much differently. So uh, then obviously that, you're gonna have some time variance, right? I don't think we've ever really calculated or thought through how much uh, we struggle um, with screws in the mouth and how much time that takes up um, for our team and our, ourselves. And so I'm gonna do a little bit of calculation here. We got some videos, uh, I'm gonna, I've, we've got, I'll kind of introduce this one here, but this is a, our assistant who's gonna be, for the first time, she's, so she's gonna be removing the prosthetic from a model and then she's gonna be placing the prosthetic on a model. The reason we use the model is really clear to see for you guys in the video, but it also has given us kind of like a decent idea of how long this might take for a complete new person to, to utilize this technology. All right, here we have Alexa with us. Hi. All right, Alexa helps out with her chrome surgery. She's phenomenal. And I've thought I'd use her to show how long it might take for somebody who's never had any experience with Roto technology to remove the prosthetic from the mouth. So one of the big benefits we know is gonna be hygienists being able to remove this for hygiene. Uh, doctors obviously for 
uh, all the procedures we might be doing with final impressions and uh, taking in and out uh, the prosthetic. So let's go ahead, I'll, I'll explain how this uh, wand works. So this is the uh, Smile Key by Rodo. You'll hold this little induction energy wand right next to uh, each MUA and you'll click the button, it'll start blinking blue for eight seconds, and then after it's done, you gotta wait till it goes to a solid blue, and then you'll go to the next MUA, and you'll repeat that all the way around. This model in particular has four uh, smile locks to unlock, so um, first time ever doing it, you think you got that figured out? I hope so. All right, there you go, no pressure. So we'll start the clock and time how long it takes for a newbie to be able to remove a full arch prosthetic. Would you look at that? So not too bad, that's under a minute, first time. And uh, we'll show here in a second how quick and easy it is to snap it into place, so awesome. Pretty cool, now I'm gonna do the same exact thing here with screws, so we're gonna remove screws. All right, we're gonna go ahead and simulate removing the prosthetics. Let's say your hygienist is gonna be doing a cleaning for your patient that you did chrome surgery on maybe last year, and it's time to take it off and remove all the tartar, um, and so, you're probably not gonna just say, hey, here's a burr and a handpiece, and go ahead and drill that out and maybe risk damaging uh, your screw uh, if they didn't uh, stop perfectly before they uh, you know, went through the Teflon tape. And so uh, we'll go ahead and remove. I'm gonna do, even though this model has six implants, we're gonna pretend it's four. Obviously it's extra oral, we're just kind of simulating it, but we can give uh, all the benefits, right? I have experience doing this, I've done a lot of these, um, and we're doing it in my hand, out of the mouth, so it's a lot easier. So this time should even be shorter than what it typically would be, but I think it'll give us a comparison that we can now do some math and figure out how much time we really spend with screws, so. there was without the uh, I don't know if you guys are, have the same experience but the dozens of times saying open and trying to fiddle around in the mouth to get it out so we'll look at those comparisons of time so how many of us know that that is an extreme exaggeration of how fast that can happen I know that uh, I had a case on Monday and that took much much longer than that because the patient couldn't open very wide tongue uh, saliva trying to get those uh, Teflon pieces of Teflon tape past the composite all a real hassle and so I mean, that's like a best case scenario. It obviously takes much longer than that, but it gives you an idea of time comparison. Um, this is gonna be removing the prosthetic, or sorry, adding the prosthetic into the mouth uh, on, a, on a, obviously we're simulating this on a model, but you'll be able to see the smile locks and, and all that, so. 
All right, so now that we were able to show how easy it was to take off, we're gonna show how easy it is to seat and lock in the prosthetic. Never done this before, nope, right? Never, okay. Never. So we're going to take this, I'm gonna instruct you first, and then you go ahead and start. So you're gonna take this, each smile lock. For this one, there's four. There is our smile locks, right? And you're gonna place them with those complex. We're gonna to try to act like we're doing this in the mouth, and you're gonna sit those on each MUA. And after that, uh, you're gonna make sure you take your thumb and press, press it down and make sure they're fully seated and locked into, you can see these little grooves, right? Let's see if I can point them out. I don't know if, there we go. The little groove right there. Yeah, yeah go for it. Show the little groove on the smile lock. Well, you can really see it actually. So. Yeah, so that just has to seat below that. Once it's seated below that, then um, those smile locks are ready to take on the prosthetic with the special coping that will lock it into place. So, all right, let's go and see how long this takes. Prosthetic is seated. Pretty awesome, right? Nice job, Lex. Now, was it how hard was that on a scale of one to ten? Like ten being really hard, one being really easy. Like a one. Like a one. <laughs> All right, cool. All right, and then finally, it's going to be just the timing of that it takes to actually place uh, the screws, Teflon tape, and composite simulated in the mouth. All right, now we're going to simulate placing the prosthetic back in the mouth, uh, covering the screws with Teflon tape and then putting composite on top, uh, and then just a minimal amount of bite adjustments. So here we go. That is simulating, right? Obviously we're out of the mouth, cheating a little bit there, but given the best case scenario for putting in four screws to compare it to our smile lock. All right, so I, I calculated that and put it all on a table for us to talk about here on the time comparison. Um, obviously these are just estimates. I'm trying to give some sort of understanding to some of the uh, time savings you're gonna have. And it goes beyond that, obviously, we can delegate this procedure, and I'll talk about that too in just a second. But you have removal with the smile lock of 45 seconds, placement with 40 seconds, total cycle time to, to put the remove and place it. Obviously, it's on a model, but it's not much different in the mouth because you're not really fiddling a whole lot with screws and Teflon and composite. So the variability here is not going to be a ton over maybe a minute or two to cycle uh, removing and placing uh, a smile lock prosthetic. So the screws in an ideal scenario, I mean, we're still almost approaching five minutes. And then obviously in reality, I mean, we're 15, probably 20, 30 minutes, if we're, depending on the difficulty of the patient um, and if you're doing upper lower prosthetics, right? So um, this is a, it, eye opening to me how much more time we spend. And so what this really comes down to is, is to the cost you're placing with all this, right? You've got you gotta have all of this as unique to you working with screws when you think about it, right? You need a burr block, you need a, 
uh, curing unit, you need a composite of some sort to cover it, you need a handpiece that's sterilized and ready to roll, you need Teflon tape and bonding agent. So all of that's really related with screws. None of this really is involved if you're, if you're using a screw, uh, sorry, the smile lock system. Um, yeah, that, that's what you need for smile lock, right? I mean, it's simplified, one device removes and uh, your prosthetic, these smile locks get clicked in. So you saw that in the video. I'm sure none of your patients look like this bad, but this is a pretty interesting prosthetic, right? Look at all of the uh, tartar buildup. One of the reasons why obviously patients get this bad is A, they don't come back to the dentist and B, we don't encourage them. Um, one of the reasons I know that it's, it, I know of myself, it's a, it's a lot of time involved chairside to uh, remove these prosthetics and replace them. And it's not something you're likely wanting to delegate if you have screws. And so a huge benefit I think about for our patients for long-term health of these prosthetics is to utilize our hygienists and our auxiliary team like assistants that can safely remove these prosthetics and not have to worry about them damaging a screw or the prosthetic. And so that kind of adaptability for delegation is huge for long-term health for the patient. And that's really obviously what we wanna be about because you go to all this work for them and you don't want it to fail, that's for sure. All right, so I'm gonna go through a few questions we had. We had a couple that came through in the last session there. Uh, how many times can you lock in and open the, 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 the smile lock? Uh, there is not a limitation on that. You can, it's memory metal that'll go right back to it. That was that cycling uh, slide that had at the beginning. It is replaceable. Um, I, I'm assuming if you, for whatever reason, you want to replace them, you can obviously just take the small lock off and put a new one in. Uh, the blue ones you saw in the videos were specific lab ones. And there's a little setter device that I didn't want to spend too much time today that helps reset the smile lock to that locked state where the fins are open. Uh, how to remove the appliance uh, in the event that the attachment fails to change shape. So uh, this is part of, I'm, I, I'd have to go a little bit further with Young, but I'm confident that it's part of the FDA clearance that this, they always release when, they're, you, when you utilize the wand to add the energy to it. So it's just a matter of getting them uh, the energy from the induction wand, they will all go back to them. So there's no real way for the mouth to deform those. And so you should be able to always release that. Uh, how much force and angulation uh, can the system tolerate compared to a screw retain? So you need to be 25 degrees from the neighboring implants, or sorry, the neighboring MUA trajectory. So it's a very similar tolerances than what you get from traditional MUAs. So that's that's something that, that we had to answer up early on when we're doing these plans, right? We're changing the angles. We wanna really make sure that our plans considering this technology aren't um, making us uh, not be able to seat the prosthetic. Can it be used for both zirconia and acrylic hybrids? Absolutely, there's no limitation on that. Uh, they can obviously be used for um, single unit crowns too, but the huge advantage here obviously I, th I think is, is full arch. Is there a max thickness of the prosthetic where the induction wand will not work? Obviously the larger the distance, maybe a few more settings of the induction wand, it does send energy for about eight seconds uh, and then it'll reset the, the energy and then you can do it again. Uh, so you may have to repeat that a few times the further or thicker the prosthetic is. Um, one of the benefits is you don't have to make thick prosthetics with this protocol, right? We can, we can put our design and our copings or MUAs right there, um, more in the bulk in the middle and thin on both sides and keep these sleek for our patients. They want that anyways. I know my experience is if they leave and it's super bulky, their tongue and they're like, hey, they complain about that speech and everything. So what is the minimum number of implants needed to upper and lower uh, with the system, same as what you're doing with screwed. So you can do it with four, you can do it with uh, six, eight. Um, you saw maybe the Chrome Natural, I think I'm doing here soon is eight implants, but you can do it with four as well if you have a patient with limited bones. So hopefully that answers those questions from 
the advantages aspect. I hope those advantages were exciting and kind of go make you think a little differently about this. Thanks for listening to the latest from the Row Dental Podcast. For more information about the topics covered in today's episode, visit our website at www.rowdentallab.com. Stay informed on the latest dental news by subscribing to the Row Dental Podcast feed on Spotify, Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts.